Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Hallelujah. John 13, we've been in this thing, man. It's been changing our life. We've been talking about Jesus and the life of how he transformed so many lives because in John 13, chapter 1, Jesus started off now before the feast of the Passover when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of the world unto the Father. The next verse says this, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. I don't know about you, last week I talked about love, and um, I would go back and watch it because most people don't really know what the love of God is. Um, the love of God is not human love. We, we really try to love one another humanly, and that's pretty much not the love that Jesus is talking about because God's love is different than human love. And last week I said something to you, and if you weren't here, it might not be a bad idea to go back and watch it. It was good because it really explains what love is. Because here's the thing, guys, if I'm going to love the way Jesus loved, I'm probably going to get hurt. And the key to that is this, is sometimes because we've been hurt so bad, we don't want to love no more. We don't want to love because I don't want to feel the pain. I don't want to feel the pain of loving like that. I don't want to go to that place of love. And I don't want you to get, see, some people are still dangerous. So I don't want you around dangerous things. But I'm still going to have to learn to love and forgive. I don't know about you. I started this thing. And pastor, you know, it's funny. As a pastor, you've been pastoring a lot longer than me. Um, I, I, th- I started thinking back to being with people at the last moments of their life. It's not a fun experience. Some of you did it with a loved one. Some of you did it with like maybe a mom, a dad, a grandparent, somebody. And, you know, I started thinking back. I said, you know, Jesus, knowing his hour was come, he knew it was the end. I tried to really, you know, I didn't do it a lot, but the couple of times I did it, I said, you know, these people weren't talking about nothing. You know what they were talking about? What was most important to them to tell me at that moment? I thought about conversations I had when people told me what, what I meant to them. You know? They said, this is what, this is what you saved my life or something. And I was like, oh, I didn't save you. But I knew what they were saying. I knew what some people were saying. And I knew some people were just ready to go. Some of them are great. They're just, I'm ready to go. I lived a long life. I'm ready. Some of you, you, you did this with a loved one. And it's not easy. And I don't want to bring you to a place of pain. That's not what I'm saying. But... I started thinking, you know what? What are you going to tell people? In the, if I was here for the last minutes of life, if you said to me, you got next 10 minutes, I'd grab my kids. I'd grab the people closest to me. If you were around and some of you guys have that relationship, I'd grab you and I'd say, this is what I want to leave you with. I'd tell my kids probably stuff, you know, don't fight with one another. Go love one another. You know what I mean? I'd be like, love your sister. I tell you, brother, you can do it. Amen. Come on, you know what I'm saying? I would say things that were most important because I only got a little bit of time left and I don't want to squander the time I have because time's precious. And Jesus does this. He goes, I'm going to leave you guys with something that you're going to remember forever. You're not going to understand what I'm doing today, but you're going to understand it forever. And he goes and gets a basin of water. And we started here. This is where we started. I didn't understand it until I walked in it. He went and grabbed the basin of water. And he washed the disciples. He said the Bible says he girded himself. He poured the water into a basin. And he bowed down before 24 feet that were going to betray him. And he washed their feet. 
We've been through every one of the stories. We thought about, you know, I'm okay with Thomas. He's a doubter, I doubt. I'm all right with Peter. He was, he was even almost exceptional because I'm a little high wire too. I'd probably be a little bit wild. So I can understand Peter, amen? I'm, I can understand the sinking in the lake. Let's go big, you know? But man, do me a favor. Don't wash that Judas. Don't wash his feet, man. Because if you wash his feet, I'm going to have to wash the feet of them that betray me, and that's going to be painful. Because Jesus said this. He says, what I do, I do this as an example for you to do to one to another. And this is what I got to when I said, man, this is the hard part because I'm not going to be allowed to love you with human love. I'm going to have to love you with God's love because Jesus made a way. And this is the part that almost is bothersome as much as it's a blessing. It's exciting. It's almost, it looks like a curse because it really does. Because now if you did it, that means I have the capacity to do it. And if I don't do it, I choose not to. And that's what I don't want to see with this thing. So Jesus, the master setup artist that he is, I mean, his greatest place of pain showed us the greatest place of grace. Amen. Because he went to a bowl full of grace and he had palms full of mercy. And he poured upon these people what they did not deserve. And Jesus, if you pour on them what they don't deserve, guess what? I'm going to have to pour on these guys what I don't think they really deserve. And if they love, if they love I'm going to have to love. And if they forgive, I'm going to have to find a way to forgive. And let me tell you something about this. There's some things, it does, it's, it's almost unforgivable. I don't even know how to forgive the unforgivable, but I'm going, to, I'm, going to get, I'm going to try to struggle through it by faith and do it anyway because guess what? On paper, you don't deserve forgiveness. But I'm going to have to forgive. But I'm going to tell you now, some things are just, some things are just overwhelming, and, and it was there. And I started asking myself the question that you maybe asked yourself, Jesus, if you did it, I got to do it. So I got to understand what's in that basin that could change me because I'm going to go through battles. And today I want to talk to you about we're all going to go through battles, but how we respond to the battle is going to determine how our outcome is going to turn out. Because the Bible's clear to say this, that, you know, I think we got to understand something, that we're not just walking in a natural world, we're walking in a supernatural world with supernatural stuff going on, and if you're not careful, you start responding to life as a natural man, even though we're living in a spiritual world. And sometimes in life, we forget the fact of the matter that my response cannot be based upon, because this is what I'm saying. A lot of times when we respond, we have problems. We're not supposed to respond as much as we're supposed to go to the basin of understanding and understand how to win these battles. That's what I'm saying. Because here's the thing. When Judas showed up, who wouldn't be offended? When, when Matthew showed up and these guys showed up, Jesus could have responded, but he did not respond out of the flesh. He responded at a place in the spirit because he had the grace of God to make the right decision. It's not always easy, but it's this. So here's my question to you today. There's, there's a, there is a basin for your battle. That's what I'm saying today. We're going to have to go to that place to forgive. We're going to have to go to that. How many of you know, I started asking myself the question, well, what are the weapons, what are the weapons of our warfare? Because we're in warfare. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. I want you to go there with me because I really believe this. There's a basin of mercy of grace. One of the things I want you to remember, write this down. Every conflict at its root is a contest with the devil. Every conflict is a contest with the enemy. 
there's an enemy out there and he's bringing stuff into life that sometimes is not maybe fair and is not really exciting, but guess what? It's going to happen. He says, as for no, we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. Are we becoming too human in our reasoning that we're forgetting we're still in a spiritual place? Are you believing something? Like, look, I don't want you being devil conscious. You know what I mean? Where the point of the matter is you're like, everything's the devil, blame the devil, blame the devil. But I got news for you. You have an adversary who walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. He says this. He says what? He said, be aware there's an enemy. I think sometimes we don't realize the enemy's there. He's trying to hold back the blessing. He's trying to, and you're fighting a natural battle that you should be fighting spiritually. Jesus didn't go to a natural place of forgiveness. He went to a basin full of grace. Jesus didn't go to a, ba- a, a place of natural human love. He went to a basin of godly love that loves the recipient not based upon actions, but loves the recipient based upon how he was loved. Jesus said, I learned love from my father and I'm going to love. He said, he left you with the love that he loved him with. That means love must be learned. I'm not going to humanly, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're going to love. You got to love what you got to learn what love is. Jesus said, the love you love me with is the love I love them with. Let me tell you, it's not easy to love somebody. With human love, it gets tainted, it gets messed up, it gets almost, it gets almost convoluted in a sense where it gets tainted by what's going on. I gotta love you with God's love. I gotta love you with the love of Jesus. I gotta love you not based on performance. I gotta love you based upon how he loved me, not based upon how you respond to me. And some people are dangerous. Here's what some of you gotta understand. I'm not asking you to love the dangerous people in your life because some people just still are dangerous. What do you mean by that? Pastor Chris, how, how, how can you say that? Real easy. Don't dismiss this. Some people are still a source of danger. See, love doesn't mean you get in a place where you get in an abusive moment or you get in a messed up thing and I'm supposed to just sweep under the carpet your erratic behavior. That's not love. But I still got to love. You know, I got a friend, me and Pastor Liz got a lady friend. She's a sweetheart. She cracks me up. You know, we have, you know, you ever have, you know, some of you people are goofy. You know what I'm saying? Not, not, not you guys, you know, but some of you know, some people that, you know, you go to church, you meet goofy people. You ain't never, you know, you guys, they're not sitting on your row right now or next to you, but there's some goofy people in church. I think God sends some goofy people just to see if you could, oh, you know, just don't tell God you're doing good in your love walk. Well, God, I've been doing good in my love walk. Goofy people will show up on design. <laughs> Let me see if you can love that one, that character right there. You know what I'm saying? You ever do that? You know what I mean? Come on, guys. Can you tell the truth, right? You go to church, like, praise God. This is me. You became a member. Goofy people are coming. I'm telling you right now. Oh, they're coming. They're going to probably join you in your connect group or something like that. Like, hey, here I am. Boy, this is going to be great. You know what I'm saying? Goofy people. You know what goofy people are? They're a little special. There's just something a little different about them. Amen? God bless the special ones. They come by design, the special ones. You don't know what I'm talking about? Hang around this place long enough. You'll find some of the special ones. They're here. They might actually be in the building right now. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen? They're special. God put a little extra on them. Amen? You know what I'm saying? Tell the truth. Don't lie. You're in the house of God. If y'all lie, you need to repent. I'm going to wash your feet so you can get over your sin. You better cut it out. It's true, right? You know, oh, here they come. Now I got to love. And God will be like, okay, oh, you're doing good in your love walk? Love that. And you're like, oh, my God. 
And one time we had a real doozy around, you know, I was like, oh my God, some of these people are unbelievable, you know, they're just really weary out, you know, if you let them. And she said, Pastor Chris, I got something for you. I said, what is that? She goes, this is my motto in life. I said, what's that? She said, I love them with the love of God. And I tell them this, may the Lord be between me and thee and may our paths never meet again. I said, is that scriptural? Because that sure sounds like a psalm, glory to God. Where is that in the Bible? She said, no, it's not in the Bible. She said, but I love them from afar. And may the Lord be between me and thee, and may our paths never meet again. I said, praise the Lord. I've been using it for 15 years. I said, you know what? Praise God, I love you. You're awesome. But the Lord, they think it's a scripture. May the Lord be between me and thee, and may our paths never meet again. Hallelujah. Amen. Go with the love of God. Hallelujah. Some people you just got to disconnect from because guess what? They're still a source of danger. I'm not asking you to stay in a dangerous situation, but you still got to love people that are goofy. Amen. Come on, somebody. You don't think Peter straightened out real quick? Amen. Jesus is love. I love that boy. He'll straighten out sooner or later. Amen. He got smartened up down the road. What am I trying to get you to understand? You're going to have to love some people, but I don't want you in position sometimes where you're in a dangerous spot. Love doesn't mean I get taken advantage of or abused or get hurt. That's not what I'm saying. Love does what's best for the recipient, but guess what? Sometimes the best thing for the recipient is get away from them. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I'm telling you right here now. Because some people are just toxic, and you don't need their toxicity getting on you. Amen? You understand what I just said? Well, yeah, praise the Lord. I don't, Pastor Chris, I don't know if I like you today. Well, praise God, I don't know if I like you today. Amen? We're all going to be happy and go to heaven. Look at this. Second Corinthians 10 and 3. You ready to read the Bible? Well, hallelujah. Thank God Jesus wrote something. For we walk in the flesh. We don't war after the flesh. So we have to understand. Remember this. Your first response is going to be your worst response to situations. Did you get that? You're probably going to respond out of everything is always the worst at first. You know what I'm saying? And some of you are partial alarmists. I don't know where you are, but you're in this building. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, my God. That's a little bit alarming. Just calm down. Okay? Partial alarmist is all right. We can overcome it. What am I trying to get? First response is usually the worst response. Don't respond out of the flesh. Let's start understanding there's something spiritual here. And I know it's not easy to respond out of flesh, but we all do it. Sometimes we almost get a little bit like, hey, it's a flesh response. Let's lose the flesh response and understand we're in a spiritual game. You are, guys. It's a spiritual battle, okay? So, and here's the thing. Jesus gave us a basin full of weapons. See, because when, when Judas was coming, he said, oh, wait, 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 wait. I see you coming. See, I'm going to bow my knee down here. The king. How do you be, How? How in the world? How in the world do you sit there knowing that one day every knee will bow before you and call you Lord and you bow before these men? How in the world? How in the world do you take the water that you created and wash the feet of the people that are going to betray you. And last week, man, I never seen it. I never seen it, Paul. I said, how in the world did 24 feet scrambled and scurried? And I couldn't figure out. I told you this morning, I couldn't figure out. John, where did he miss the mark? Oh, you don't think he was special? Supernaturally special. Peter laid Peter, Peter, Peter sits there at the table and goes, hey, you ask him while he leaned his head on his chest. You ask him, because he ain't going to tell nobody, but he'll tell you. You know what's crazy? There had to be something to it, because he didn't. He answered him. He wouldn't reveal it to anyone else. He said, 
Peter said, John, ask him, ask him, ask him. You're laying on his chest. You ask him who betrays. He'll tell you everything. Something's different about this relationship, and I couldn't understand it. Where did John let you down? And last week, I told you, when I heard it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Peter denied you with words. But John, you denied them in silence. And man, it hit me. Somebody should have told you they loved you. But they didn't. Somebody should have said something. But they didn't. I sat with somebody last week. They said, I knew something. But I didn't say anything. You should have said something. I can almost handle the things you say wrong about me better than you saying nothing. You should have said something, but you said nothing. Somebody should have told you they loved you. Somebody shouldn't have left you. I don't know what it is. Somebody should have, somebody should have did. I don't know. But you got to come to a place where, number one, you got to forgive. You might have to forgive yourself, and then you got to forgive, and you got to forget. See, I like forget. People don't like forget. I love forget. Learn to forget. You better train yourself to forget. People say, oh, forget's not good. Forget's the best thing you can do. Seems cold and callous, but I'll tell you what, you can't go on with life unless you're a forgetter. You need to be a remember of the things of God and a forgetter of the things of the past. Paul said it like this. I forgot everything, even the good stuff. Bury it. Bury it. And don't pick it up. Don't talk about it. Stop talking about it. Stop rehearsing it in your head and stop getting it coming out your mouth. Walk out of the past and step into the future because God's got something greater waiting for you. But here's what I got to get you to get to a place to is this. I got to understand that there's a basin waiting for me for this battle because here's the thing. I've got to go get tools that I cannot use on my own. I got to go to God because see when the betrayer shows up, I can't forgive you with my kind of faith because my kind of faith ain't going to get the job done. I got to forgive you with the God kind of faith because that kind of faith overcomes. Amen. I got to be a forgetter about some stuff. I got to be a forgiver. You're going to love people with human love? No, you're not. Human love is selfish. Human love is tainted. Human love says, love me, I'll love you. Be good to me, I'll be good to you. Do this, I'll do that. Human love is biased. It's what? It's basically selfish and that's what we use. And you know what? You can't unlock people with human love. Human love doesn't unlock anybody. But if you can love people with the love of God, you can change their life forever. Amen. Amen. Stop holding people prisoners of the past and release them to become the pioneers of the future. You got to let them go. And I got news to you. Some of you are holding on to stuff. You need to let go because all it's doing is holding you trapped in a moment in time. Let it go. Forgive. Now, listen, I'm telling you here, and I know it ain't easy. He's preacher preacher coming here yelling about forgive. You got to forgive by faith and your feelings will catch up. You got to forgive by faith and your feelings will catch up. I forgive you. You know, I tell people, say, I forgive in obedience. You know, I told God, I forgive in obedience to the word of God. That's why I'm going to forgive. I got to forgive they they deserve. You know, and I'm ornery too, you know. (laughs) Mark, it bothers me that people, you know what? Because I'm like, man, these jokers, they get you mad. Can I help you here? People get you mad. They do all this stupid stuff. Y'all deal with this. So don't, you know. 
right? They do all this stupid stuff, and they, they, they take advantage. They act all weird. They be all goofy. And then I'm like, if I get mad, now my prayers don't get answered. This really stinks. <laughs> Doesn't that bother you? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you're a jerk, right? Like, just not you guys. You're a jerk. We're just an imaginary jerk over there, right? You're a jerk, and you're acting like a jerk, and what you did was a jerk, and you did that, and people like steal, do all weird stuff. You know what I mean? You deal with all these people, the special ones, and the special ones act special, and then you're like, great. Now, I get mad at you for being the ding-dong you are, and now my prayers get messed up. That bothered me, Norm. I got so mad, I'm like, I'm going to forgive you, but out of spite. So I don't, I'm tired of you getting over. Bad enough now, I'm mad at you, want to hit you in the head, and I got to repent for wanting to hurt you. So now I'm repenting, I'm mad, and now I almost can get offended. So you know what I figured out a long time ago? I'm going to forgive you as fast as I can because I don't want you screwing up my prayer life. Amen. So out of spite, I'm going to forgive you. I went into prayer like that. God, out of spite, I'm forgiving these jerks. It worked. Keith, I'm telling you, it worked. It worked. You think I'm kidding? I'm telling you, it worked. God's cool with you because God knows they're goofy too. They're special. Amen. God knows, oh, yeah, that was a special one. I had a bad day. I made that one. I got the wrong kind of clay out of the dirt for that one. That one's real super special. You know what I'm saying? Stop looking at me at that tone of voice. You all know what I'm talking about. Some of them, these are your relatives, okay? And if it's not your relatives, they're your in-laws, okay? Yeah. Oh, the only time they call is when they need money. Praise me to God. The only time that one calls when... Uh, thank you very much. Amen. You know what I'm talking about, right? And then once you give them money, you know what? Give them the money. You'll never see them again because they ain't paying you back. So just get it over with. You know what? There's some people just give them the money. Why? Because once I give you this money, you ain't never going to call me again. I'd rather just give you the money. This is going to be the best 200 bucks I ever spent because once I give this ding dong the money, they ain't going to give that money back. It's almost worth the $200 to get rid of you. You cost six months of aggravation. This is like therapy. Here, here's 500. Don't come back for five years. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, and I want it back. And then when they leave, go, I really need some interest on that money. You ain't going to see none of that money. And when they get nervous about the interest, they'll never come back. And then go, hey, I got a prayer for you. What's that? Um, I have the love of the Lord. And may it be between me and thee. And may our paths never meet again. Amen. <laughs> Woo. I got therapy going on here. Hallelujah. You see it yet? You'll catch it on the ride home. You know what I'm saying? You understand what I mean? I got to forgive. So I'm going to forgive by faith, not out of feeling. The feelings may never catch up. I'm going to, give, I'm going to forgive you by faith. Lord, I forgive by faith in obedience to the word of God. Don't, and don't even say the jerky parts that I told you. Do it like this. Now I'm pastoral, okay? Go, Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to forgive. Don't say the special one. Use their name. Don't, don't use any other thing. Go, I'm going to forgive blank by faith right now in Jesus' name. God will love it. And don't say nothing else. And your feelings will catch up. Because, yeah. see, when you wait, if you're waiting for your feelings, you're in trouble. Yeah. You'll be waiting a long time. So don't wait for the feelings. The feelings will show up after faith's released. So I started asking myself the question, okay, if we got problems, we do. Look what it says right here. Let's go. I, I, I read a little bit more of the scripture just to help you, okay? Pop that one up there. For the weapons of our warfare are not... They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. What do they do? They pull down strongholds. Look at verse 5. This is really good. Cast down imaginations. Everybody say that. Have you been doing it? Have you been casting down the imaginations that have been coming in your mind? Have you, well, thank God for the honesty right there. <laughs> no, I ain't been doing none of that. Well, praise the Lord. You and everybody else, Jared, come on. Hallelujah. It's true. Have you been casting down imaginations? I don't do it. Oh, well, how am I going to? 
I got to start casting some stuff down. You know, Kenneth Hagin said this. He said, when you, when you pray, he said, you're going to have to fight thoughts of unbelief, doubts coming in your head. After you release your faith to pray, those things are going to come. That's why I said, think on these things. Philippians 4, think on these things, pure, just, holy, lovely, beautiful, good report, stuff. But cast down. So what am I saying? Well, I got to understand there's a battle in between my ears. Cast down imaginations, every high thing that is also against the knowledge of God, and bring into captivity every thought and obedience to what? Christ. That's the part. And having what? Readiness to revenge all disobedience after your obedience has been fulfilled. What's that mean? Grab these cast. Got to hold it. Can I believe it? Can I meditate on it? Can I think about it? How many battles? So here's my question to you. What's your Goliath? Started asking myself, you know, God, if we're going to from battles to the basins, then let's think of some battles in life. Well, David had a battle. David had one of the greatest battles in the Bible. He had to fight a Goliath. Well, what's your Goliath today? It's not some big standing there stinking Philistine. What fear are you battling? What mountain are you staring at? What doctor report? What's your Goliath? What financial Goliath? What kind of physical Goliath? What kind of, what kind of, what kind of attack of the enemy is standing there looking you in the face going, you can't beat me. I'm going to beat you. What's looking you in the face? What despair? What pain? What past? What mess? What stuff is staring you in the face? And you don't think your Goliath's talking? Your Goliath's talking every day all the time, and it might just be in between your ears, but it's saying something. What's it saying to you about what you can do and what limitations is it trying to put on you? And what thing is it, what, what Goliath do you have speaking to your moment? Because I got news for you, you all got them. What fear, what doubt, what if, the problem? How's it affecting my life? Here's my question. David's real strength came from his relationship with God. Goliaths come in different shapes, different sizes. Sometimes it looks like to the normal person, I can't win. This is too big, but I got news today. Your giant might taunt you publicly or privately in between your ears. When you lay your head on a pillow at night, something's talking to you, something's speaking to you, something's telling you something, something's saying something about something. So the situation looks hopeless. Guess what? Every time you look at the giant, you're going to run and hide. But I got news for you. If you focus on God, they got to crumble. God takes ordinary people and gives them extraordinary tools to overcome. Those tools are waiting in that basin. See, because this pain came on design. This problem came on design. This heartbreak, it came on design. Oh, you better hear me today. This is why you're in this building. The disappointment came on design. What are you going to do now? It didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? The doctor report ain't just the way. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Oh, it didn't work the way you thought it was going to work. What are you going to do now? You're in the middle of a battle. It didn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out. It didn't happen. Oh, guess what? You prayed and it didn't happen just the way you thought it was. What are you going to do now, you cute little fuzzy-headed Christian you? What are you going to do now? Are you going to pack it in and call in the chips and call it in and say, well, I guess God. No, no, no. It came on design. Let me tell you something. The enemy sometimes will stand 
in there and try to come and make you think you lost. But I got news for you. You didn't lose nothing. Setbacks are not settled forever. Amen. Because David had to understand. And I started thinking about it. There's a king's test waiting for everybody. And the test of the king isn't found in the palace. The test of the king is found in the pit. Can you stand at Ziglag, David? Because if you can't stand at Ziglag and pass the test of the king, you don't get the king's reward. What do you mean, preacher? See, David had to understand something here, that he had to face Goliath, amen? Everybody else was saying, well, I don't want to fight the guy. This is crazy. But David had an understanding that I've been designed for this moment. See, we don't understand the potential in you till the problem shows up. We don't understand the ability. Oh, let me tell you something about temptation. Temptation is easy for everybody until it's staring you in the face. Oh, I'm real strong. You ain't strong at nothing until temptation is staring you right in the eye. Jesus had those disciples. He said, can't you watch and pray? All three of you ding-dongs ain't even going to make it till tomorrow, but you can't even stay up and face temptation. You're sleeping in a sleep because you're asleep. And let me tell you, all 24 of those feet denounced them. I'm trying to give you the tools to overcome, but you can't even tarry. He said, temptation's coming, and temptation was to test you. James said this, count it all joy when you fall into various tests and trials. Trials of my faith. First Peter said this, he said, don't think it a strange thing when you step into the fiery trial. It's coming to get your faith. Everything's coming after your faith. Why? Because faith's the only way you succeed in earth. The enemy's got your faith. He's got your, he's got your destiny because you've got to have faith. See, faith is the currency that you need with God. That's the only thing God wants. Hebrews eleven six 6 says this, but he's only pleased with faith. The only thing that pleases God is faith. I don't know about you, but if faith pleases God, I want to be in faith. So now I got the question of all questions. Can I make it? Can I make it through Ziglag? I started asking myself, David had no problem with Goliath to a, to a degree. He overcame, and we all know the victory. But guess what? The battles aren't over. You know, I found out about a lot of people this. Nobody's got a problem leaving Egypt, but everybody's got a problem stepping into the promised land. Oh, I like to be free. See, nobody's got, see, salvation's easy. Promises are hard. See, I don't got a problem stepping out of Egypt, but I, 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 I don't really want to. See, that's why I aggravate most of you. Oh, no, not a lot of you, but somebody, well, stop pushing me. Leave me at level one. I like level one Christianity. Let me just stay at level one Christianity because level one Christianity is nice. You don't have to battle, and you have a battle every once in a while, but I just don't want no problems. I don't, no, I don't need to believe for nothing, Pastor Christians. Leave me alone. My life's going good right now. I don't want no problems because once you get a promise, you got a problem showing up. Just leave me at status quo Christianity, blah, 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 blah. Forget it, okay? See, because here's the thing. I don't mind coming out of the bondage, but I don't want to step in no promised land because if you start going after promises, this thing's going to get hard. Ask Caleb and Joshua. They'll tell you all about it. Almost four. Yeah, I got the answer. Don't, look, I'm good at this. Don't ask me to file your taxes. I'll screw that up like there's no tomorrow. But I'm good at this, and I'm not trying to be arrogant about that, but hear what I'm saying. Look, it's no yeah, I'm out of sin. Great. Now, here comes the promise. Here's the key with people. People like the idea of coming out of something, but when they got to push to another level, they'd rather go back to where they came from. Peter's the greatest observation in that. He said, well, I can't walk with the Lord, so I'll just go back to what I know. Let me go back in the boat, even though I'm disappointed, but I'd rather live with the demise of what? Trying to go after something and failing. I don't want to fail no more. See, most people are afraid to be free, and the pain to be free has them more scared, so they'd rather stop failing, so they'd rather stay bound. See, that's the trick of bondage. You tried so many times you couldn't get out. Why try anymore? Just stay in it. That's foolishness. Get out. Don't be afraid to be free. Most people battling addiction are just afraid to be free. Most people battling life are afraid to be free. That's the key with fear. 
you're afraid to face it because I'm afraid to be free because I don't like the torment that it brings. So now we got to make a choice. So David gets the zigzag, right? He wins about it. He gets the zigzag. It's getting worse. He shows up in 1 Samuel. You don't have to go there. Verse 30. Read it when you go home because it's a log chapter. He turns around. He goes this. David shows up at Ziglag, and now he's got a battle, but everything's gone. Everything he loves is taken, and everything he built is destroyed. Great day at the job, right? David sits there and goes like this. This is great. Everything I work for is burned to the ground, and everything I love has been taken away, and now what do I do? He looks at the guys he's with. they got stones in their hand, and they're like, we're ready to stone you, and what do I do? David should have packed it in. David should have quit. David should have said, forget about it. David should have got a therapist and went on some kind of medication, because right now, he's in a really bad day. Just straight up, I'm telling you the way it is. David's like, this is getting worse than getting better. What do I do? And David goes like this. Hey, God, I'm going to inquire of you what I should do. Because if there's a battle before me, you got a plan. I don't know the plan, but I guarantee you there's a basin I can run to, a place of hope, a place to wash me. And the Bible says David and he went to a place of prayer, and that's a weapon. That's a weapon in that basin. You understand what I mean? There's mercy and grace. For you. He went to prayer, and instead of coming out, oh, God doesn't care. Oh, God quit on me. Oh, God didn't do it. God didn't, God didn't even answer Paul's prayer for crying out loud. Paul, oh, I heard some crazy stuff this way. Uh, Paul shows up and gets a messenger from Satan to buffet him. 2 Corinthians 12, remember that one? And Paul goes, this stinks. I want it to go away. Make it go away. Buff it, buff it, buff it, buff it, buff it, buff it, buff it. Make it go away. Make it go. And the Bible says, oh, he was getting wisdom. He was getting wisdom. You know what Reve- It was picking them up and throwing them forward. Picking them up and throwing them forward. That's what Revelation does. Picks you up and throws you forward. So here's Paul. He's writing the Bible from God. He's getting picked up, thrown forward. Picked up, thrown forward. Picked up, thrown forward. Well, you know, that's Satan. No, he would eat. Uh, hello, let me let you know a secret. Um, God's not going to pick you to write the Bible if he's worried about your humility factor breaking down. This is opposition. This is not concerned about the tool that I'm using as an instrument to write. And the devil comes and says, because the revelation knowledge, he's trying to stop the revelation knowledge, because we've been reading Paul's revelation knowledge to this day and being empowered. The Pauline epistles written to the believer. Here comes saying. Stop it. I want it to go away. Make it go away. Make it away. What did Jesus say? Y'all know what Jesus said. He said, oh, no problem. My grace is sufficient. And my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Well, ain't that a day at the beach? So now you don't answer prayer. Look at, go to verse, let, let, let him read it, Angela, please. Go to verse 8. Yeah, where'd you go? You're okay. Keep going, go to 7, we'll read it. Let, let him see it, then I'll tell Okay, keep going, let's go to 6. I was going to say six, but I want to make sure. For though I would like the glory, I'm not going to be a fool. I will say the truth. Don't think of me above that which he sees me to be. Don't get lifted up. Or what you hear of me. At least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. You see that? I was getting revelation other people weren't getting. I wrote three quarters of the Bible, guys. He was, he was in. There was given me a thorn in my flesh. Didn't come from God. 
Well, I don't understand what Paul's throwing in their flesh was. It was the devil pressing against him to stop him from doing what he was doing. You, got, you don't think the devil's on assignment to stop you from doing what you're doing? You better believe it, man. You better believe it. Look, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Blow after buffet means blow after blow after blow. It's like getting punched in the face. Keep going. Least I should be exalted, right? So let's in case you're going to get exalted above measure. This is what you got. For this thing, I asked the Lord three times. Make it go away. But here's the key. Go slow. If I make it go away, that means, see, God's two steps, ten steps ahead of everybody in this thing. He says, if I take the problem away, I got to take the revelation away. And I can't take the revelation away. So just, I'll give you the grace to overcome it. You better get what I just said. You better pay. Oh, Joseph, if I make it go away, we, we don't see destiny. Paul, if I make it go away, we can't rewrite history. For this thing, I besought the Lord, make it go away. No, you don't understand. I got to give revelation in the earth, and I need you to be a tool. And if I get the problem to go away, that see, because as long as I keep giving you revelation knowledge, the problem is going to be there because the enemy is going to try to stop what's happening. But I can't stop what's happening because I got to have it for them. So I'm going to send it. But in the midst of me, you better get, I'm going to throw a chair. I better get away. You better get what I'm saying. You say, he's going to really throw a chair? Today might be the day. Watch what happened, right? Hear me and get this, right? You can play. Watch this, right? Look what he's saying here. He's saying, look, if I take the revelation away, the problem will go away, and I need the revelation more than you putting up with the problem. So don't worry about the problem. I'm going to give you the tools to overcome the problems. It's called grace. I'm going to make you bigger and stronger and better than the problem in front of you. But I can't just make the process go away because the process is bringing destiny. That's why Jesus ain't coming down off a cross. That's why Joseph ain't coming out the pit too early. That's why Jericho ain't walls falling yet. Something's got to wait for me. Moses, you'll walk on the Red Sea one day, but now you got to go when Pharaoh says no. Why? There's something about where I'm taking you in the process, but I always Always make you greater than the stuff that you're facing. Don't you forget that. He ain't gonna leave you, forsake you. David goes to Ziklag. David, what you wanna do? Time out. Let me ask God. God, shall I pursue them? a bad dude man you were a bad dude there ain't nobody with you I don't care I fight all of them what I seen the jawbone of a donkey and slayed him I've been the lion and the bear I don't know how you're going to do it I found some rocks in the river and took that giant head off I ain't worried about a battle. Just show me which way. Just show me which direction. I don't need these jokers to go with me neither. Send I. Shall I pursue them? Woo! My God! You better get, shall I pursue them? I like that. That's my kind of talk. That's fighting talk. Shall I pursue them? David didn't care if anybody came. He said, I'll go by myself. And if you go before me, I'll win. Shall I go? Shall I go? Shall I go? Shall I? My God. If I was God, I would have anointed him. I would have told him. I would have anointed him to kill everybody. Can you imagine being God? 
You ain't your God like this is this guy's done. The devil brought up his best. He burned everything to the ground, took all his family, he destroyed everything. This guy's in the ashes, got nothing. Nobody. And David said, Go get the ephod, go get my prayer garment. He put his prayer garment on. He got in there. He said, I'm gonna pray. God, I'm gonna encourage myself. God, I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm losing my mind. Can you imagine the desperation in this moment of time? He said, and he says these words, he said, God, I got a question. I didn't ask you for help. I just need a question. He said, what is it, son? He said, here's my question. Shall I pursue them? How far was God? I would have jumped off the throne and sent a lightning bolt from heaven. My God. What you say? What you kind of faith? You still got faith even though all this hell you walked through? You still got faith all this pain? You still got faith? Everything you love is destroyed? You still got? Uh, half of us would have went home and had a baby sissy party, little crying fit. Oh, God, why don't you love me? Oh, God, why don't you care? Oh, Jesus, don't you see me sleeping in the boat? Oh, Get up. We die and we drive. David said this. Shall I pursue them? There ain't nobody with you, David. I don't care. God, you tell me, go, I go. Because I know who you are. David had a relationship with God. He knew who he was. You know what's wild? David goes, wins, pursues everything, gets it all. And I told you this before. What he was anointed to be king, they brought it to him after the battle of Ziklag. They brought the crown to him. He didn't go get the crown. You don't remember? And the servant of Saul came one day and said this. He said, I seen him. And he said this. He said, he said, he said, I seen him fall upon the sword. He said, why'd you let him do it? Even to that last minute, he's still faithful. Boy, you look at David's life. He was faithful even to a nut job. And that, that's a word right there. Some of you were faithful to people that were crazy. Don't think your faithfulness didn't pay off. That's a preach right there. You missed that. That went over your head. That's a prophetic moment. You were faithful to nutty leadership. You don't like it. It's God's honest truth. I can care less. You better hear me. I'm prophetic right now. You were faithful to nutty leadership, and you think your service to the nutty leadership didn't pay off. Your service will always pay off. David's still faithful even to this ding-dong, even in the last minutes of his life. And he's anointed. And I shouldn't call him that. But Saul was messed up in the end. To the point when David found out, he said, what? He said, his servant fell upon the sword. He said, why'd you let him do it? And he accidentally had him kill the guy that said, you should have interacted in that thing. And David, and David you would think David would have looked for self-promotion, but instead of looking for self-promotion, he still understood the, the pain of the process because he said, he's still my father. And it's still heartbroken. That's why God, I really believe that's why David got Jonathan. Otherwise, he would have been heartbroken because the, the man that he loved did not love him. You're going to have to love somebody. you got to trust somebody with your life. I'm going to tell you right here now, I can unlock anybody if they listen to me. People don't want to talk like this because it's old school. I'll just let it out quick for the people that are really connected to me. You've been waiting for a voice your whole life. <sighs> You'll search the world for it. You never find it. When you find it, don't let that, you don't let nothing say. Let me tell you, let me tell you, the day you find your voice and you know who your voice is and where your voice comes from, that was David. All the hell will try to separate you from it. Here's the hardest part of all. Even the voice itself. itself will seem grating but God will still see if you can be faithful and even when he tried to prove his loyalty he couldn't see it just stay in it don't 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 let all, all the hell will try to fight you to stay it'll try to fight you and I'll tell you what it'll show up so thick you'll think you're doing the right thing by getting away from it you're not stay so close stay so close you've seen it how many years stay so close 
your faithfulness, then nobody forgot about. I don't know, we got in a little pocket. I do better when I flow than when I stay in the notes, but let's just stay here. And David gets the crown brought to him that he so waited for. Because see, Samuel seen it and they understood it. They didn't recognize it, but God understood it. He anoints him to be king and then he lets him go wander. Can you imagine when does my day come? He's not even worried about his promotion. He was more worried about the position that he was in to take care of what he had to take care of. But the key is this. Woohoo, you better get this. Your promise comes to you. You don't have to go to the promise. But you're going to have to walk through the testing of the king. See, because the king had to be tested before he could wear that crown. Woohoo! And David goes through Ziglag, and God brought the crown to him in the glowest place of his life. Sometimes the battles are just opportunities for me to walk into greatness. Let me just leave it to you with this. Come on, stand up on your feet. You're going to love this. This will be good. I'll give you a minute. Ready? Your problem, sometimes your problem is just... <laughs> See, sometimes your problem is really just a promotion in disguise. You better get that right now. Your problem is really a promotion in disguise. Don't make it up. Wait, how, I don't know the potential in David until Goliath showed up. Just looked like a little nappy-headed kid running over there taking care of sheep. So he said, he said, here, curly-headed head. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.